0: Welcome back or welcome to Golf Nerds with me Guy Cross and I am uh, at Golf Nerds Guy on Twitter and Instagram for the moment but I might get bored of them and delete them. It's it's a constant battle with me, my dislike of social media but I truly, deeply love my podcast Um, and so that won't be going anywhere but the other stuff, I, I get stressed with it. Um, mainly because it takes up so much of my time, uh, and I, I, I love the interaction, and I get off on the likes, like we all do, but um, I hate it. So, um, after that little bit of personal counselling, confession, um, this this week, um, I've um, got a really interesting couple of ideas to talk to you about on the podcast. Um, but before we get into that, those of you that are all over Golf News may, may be aware that something dear to me that I'd begun talking about on here is in the process of changing. And part of the reason this podcast has become a little less frequent has been my conflict about this change, because I don't know how to talk about it. Um the Ladies European Tour looks like it is merging with the LPGA. Now, I'm, I'm really happy for the girls on the L.E.T. Because, you know, it's going to mean some more money and some more games for them. And starts is what it's all about when you're a Tour Pro golfer. Um, you know, unless you're top 50 in the world, you're kind of chasing starts, even in the men's game. And then... You know, make that top twenty in the LPGA, make that top ten in the LET. Um, you know, these girls are not on the Ladies European Tour, are not flying private anywhere, let alone to tournaments. They're generally scraping by for money. I remember one of the first stories that got me interested in the LET was a story about how one of a British golfer had. I don't have the story anymore, so I can't even look back on it, but it was a British golfer who was top five on the L.E.T., was not on a club deal. No, she was on a club and golf ball deal, but she wasn't on a clothing deal, so she was getting her golf clothes using a a discount code off the Adidas website. That sucks, right? When some dick like me can get free clothes from Puma... um, And like yeah I might have to do a little bit of work for them But not, not that much You know it's still better value for me to um, Do a few social media shenanigans for those guys Than to buy the gear A couple of days a year basically Um, Keeps me in t-shirts and shoes I mean it's that simple right And this girl couldn't get anything because she was spending all her time on the range trying to keep her game together or playing tournaments and she hadn't got the exposure how crazy is that so the merging of those two tours is going to be a good thing in one way but i fear that what i love about the european ladies tour that access that shitness that it has that we're not sure what we're doing today Vibe is going to leave And I know that's a good thing But I wanted to be to enjoy it for a season And I probably will have another season Which means I'm going to go all in Once that season kicks off a bit more strongly They're, um, they're not quite on it just yet But Isn't it, isn't it sad <laughs> um, I'm going to try and get to a ladies event this year as well I've got to work out some diary stuff But I'm going to try and get to one. I mean, if I get to a European event, that'd be amazing, but I don't live in Europe, so that's going to make it a little challenging. Today's podcast is brought to you by Cherry Coke, Diet Cherry Coke. Um, it's amazing. It's truly the nectar of heaven. So I kind of touched on one of the topics I wanted to talk about. Um... I don't know if I mentioned this last time I went on, but I had a really fascinating meeting um, with the president of Amateur Golf's regulatory body here in Panama, um, with the president. And, you know, what I love often about meeting these kind of head honcho types is it, It goes one of two ways, and both responses make me feel good. One, either they're boring corporate suits who don't play golf and just have taken on some role for whatever reason that's nauseating to me, but then I feel good about myself because I don't like them. Or they're super cool guys who realize they're in some, let's be frank, shithole organization um, who are just trying to do their best, and this time it was the latter, um and shithole organization is possibly a bit harsh. It's just very small in a culture that loves its bureaucracy. And and this guy was, was not like that. He he just wanted to hang and talk golf. Um, which is fantastic, and he's like, I've heard he's heard the podcast. Um I don't know how like he could be listening to this right now. Hello. Um And he's like, I want to talk to you about ideas for growing the game in Panama. And, you know, I gave him some amazing ideas that are truly going to change the face of golf in Panama. That's not necessarily the truth, but what is the truth is I gave him one idea with three variants that aren't necessarily um, separate to make that happen. And let me tell you what it is. It's something I've talked about quite a lot over the last few podcasts it's the joy of nine hole golf and it's all about taking my thursday night 11 hole comp at abigail penson golf club and translating that into different contexts how do you take a two quid a game two pounds for those of you that don't speak english two pounds a game thursday night golf game from the 90s and put that into a context where golf is elite sport almost by design slightly inaccessible and how do you make that work to grow the game and here were my suggestions number one it's got to be affordable but you're not going to have a £2 game of golf here it's just not going to happen and that's fine right now golf can be expanded in Panama by looking at kind of a middle class demographic so you think of what, how much could Joe Public afford once a month to play golf? So I suggested somewhere between $20 and $30. But make sure the golfer feels like they're getting value for money. So throw in like a beer and a burger for that. Or whatever the fancy country club chooses to put on. Which could be a sandwich buffet and free flow tea and coffee. Like that would be just something. So they're not just walking off the golf course and led out into their car. These people get to feel like they belong. They get to taste the aspirational aspect of golf, um, which is a thing. And and I love that, right? I love hanging out beautiful places. Um, If it's going to be in a beautiful venue, if it's not somewhere beautiful, and there's a couple that aren't too beautiful that could be up for it... um, What we could do then is make it a little cheaper and literally throw in a can of Coke in the clubhouse, which, you know, $1 cost. um, And like 10, 15 bucks. But here's the twists, right? I said, let's make it a half set game. Nine holes, half set. Nine holes, vintage gear. No clubs newer than 2000. Um, And the reasons for this here are people can invite their friends okay we can find 20 sets of golf clubs or botch together 20 sets of old golf clubs for those guys that don't have them and of course we're not going to police it if it's 2001 gear but you know it's just giving that vibe i was like said suggested to the boss of a handicap authority no handicaps we just do it for fun like, we could create a Thursday night handicap, for lack of a better term. Um, but, you know, we don't do any tech on that. We just have a book or a spreadsheet, Google Drives, that, and just wing it. It doesn't have to be good. It's about getting people out, having fun, being part of a crew. Um, make it accessible to women was phase two. I think phase one's getting it up and running. But I don't really want to roll in the boobs and beer aspect of golf that I hate. In men's golf, if you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so like, we now have open messaging about how we're going to make that happen. And that's fantastic, right? Because cheap, accessible, aspirational. People get for a reasonably low cost buy-in. They get to walk on and get involved in something that if they barely play golf, they won't feel a dick for getting involved in. And that's a lot of that is about culture, but if I'm involved, I can make that culture happen. Um, Accessible, affordable. I think, you know, if you played every week, 20, 30 bucks, sure, that adds up. You can get a membership to a golf club for that sort of money. But who says you have to play every week? once a month, 20, 30 bucks, and you're in the club. The club, in inverted commons being, you're a golfer now. You don't have to practice, you don't have to buy any gear, you're just one of us. And then that leads nicely, that phrase, one of us, to aspirational. You're one of us now. You come to the country club and you play golf. No, you've got no rights in the country club, you can't set foot on property any other time. But you can, for half a day. For 20 bucks. And I think that's awesome. If we pull it off. I'm very excited. Um, If you want me to put a rocket up the arse of your local golf community. Please give me a call. And you know what? My fee for doing that would be. I might get you on the podcast to talk about it. Because this shit is not difficult. What you've got to do. You've got to take people out of the equation. Who want to make a profit out of it. And then suddenly everything else becomes easy. The Golf Foundation, which is the kids golf slash grow the game wankers from the UK, just today put out some new grow the game bullshit initiative. Which is, like on paper, I I am the asshole for calling it bullshit. Because what it is, it's a... um, coaching syllabus for kids in golf that's like it's really well put together i've skimmed like the um the pr stuff about it's got these cute teddy bears who play golf and it walks them through a coaching journey blah 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 you know it's well done stuff but do you know what the sales pitch is they're telling golf coaches and golf clubs how it could increase their profitability go fuck yourself guys we should not be making money out of new kids golfers at that point. We do it because it's the right fucking thing to do. Getting kids in sport is the right thing to do. We don't make money to do that. We pay money for the opportunity to do that. That's what we should be doing. And do you know what? I can walk into the office of the president of a golf association in a developing country that has paid for your fucking consultants to come out here We can have two cups of coffee and shoot the shit for an hour and come up with a better program than you've paid some other fucking consultants to do. Wankers. Um, Because, yeah, right, how is my system that I, my prospect here for Panama, gonna do that for kids? Right, it's called scalability, motherfucker. And um, here's just one, one way. Do you know what you do? I can make four times a year that you get kids involved. It's not hard. You have Christmas, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Easter. Okay, And for those events, so the nine-hole event, you tell people to invite their kids. They can come and caddy for them. They can come and walk around with them. You give out little Christmas presents. You get the fattest guy who plays golf to dress up as Santa. And then there's an Easter bunny, right? Um and they give out chocolate. And you've got kids on the golf course having fun on the golf course and they're not paying money to be there. In fact, we are subsidizing it because it's the right thing to do. And they might walk around with their dads or mums and play golf or just watch the golf and get the bug and wanna go themselves. And you follow that up with like four cheap-ass golf clinics for kids it's not hard, is it? It's really not hard, except we, as an industry, fuck this shit up when we try and bleed money out of people. Um, oh, it's good to be not in the golf industry, so you can just tell people how to, they fucked up, uh, and not worry about the consequences. Um, I had another good moment in this meeting where he was like, you know, guy, I put on so many events, and um, be good exposure, and... Would you like to come and help and get involved? And I was just like, with greatest respect, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> he just looked at me and laughed and he was like, no one ever says no to me. And I was like, well, no, I wouldn't. I'm sorry to disappoint you. And he goes, no, it's fantastic. Why don't you want to? I'm like, I just don't see what's in it for me or for golf in Panama. Um, so no, like I'd really love to help grow golf in Panama or any country, but I have some love for Panama because I live here. I've got more love for golf than I do for this country... ...but that's because golf has been with me since I was a kid... ...and it'll be with me after I leave here. By respect that I want to do Stermit for Panama... ...but just going and showing up and even helping out... ...at, um, you know, the Panama Open for amateurs... ...I'm not going to do anything that excites me. And I have no need to be part of a big event... Uh, I've done pretty much everything I want to do in golf. I'm not a member of a PGA Tour, but I am letting that one go. I have not won a major. I've let that one go. Um, I've not been a part of a, an Olympic or that type of team. It doesn't have to be an Olympic team, but that's set up. That is a coach. Um, I'd love to do that. I'd buzz off that. Um, yeah, I asked him He said it's not him I was I was halfway like Alright, thanks for your time, goodbye But we had a good chat um, But yeah, that's why I went to the meeting um, Apart from that Going to some fancy golf event And, you know, shaking hands And doing whatever, handing out baseball caps Been there, done that And it's fun um, It's more fun to play in them Which is why I am seriously now going to start looking for my amateur status back. I think I might start the clock on that um, this week. I might send an email to say, as of now, I'm not taking money for teaching golf. Um, I might take money for other services to the golf industry, but those that do not breach my amateur status. Then I might get a handicap. Um, How exciting, right? Um, I'm, I'm genuinely excited about the idea of getting a handicap. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. The more I think about it, it'd be fun. I'd love to, I wonder if I could get 10. That might be a bit of a bandit off 10. Um, but you play off members tees, right? That's the whole point of it. Which is, what, 82? Like, I shoot 82 once, like, without cheating, in a, the opposite of way of cheating, but I think it'd be unfair of me to do it, like, three times. Um, like, I could go out and shoot 82 tomorrow. I'm not... I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm likely to shoot 72 or 92 at the moment, it feels like. Um, anyway. So i talked about the LET. I've talked about my interesting meeting. I've got... A genuine confession. That I've been watching Mark Crossfield's golf videos. On YouTube. I've, I think they're awesome right now. He's been doing some comparisons. Between like the last five years of drivers. Or going back even further. I tell you what. There's some really good stuff in that. That's really interesting. Here's my main takeaway. By Ping. By TaylorMade. By Titleist. If you must. Um. If you can get some old golf gear fitted for you, you can save a ton of money, okay? Um, Truly, you can. You could buy, for an example, an M2, Telemade M2, 2016 M2, obviously. 2017 is not so good. 2016 M2 head for about 140 quid. Now, if I was you... Um, what I would then do is go to your local American Golf or PGA Superstore, try and hit the even number tailor made driver that they have M4, M6, M8, whatever the next lot comes out with, okay? Um, the the tailor made driver without the adjustable weights, unless they change their range, which I don't think they're likely to, although Rick Shields disagrees with that. Um, find out what shaft they put you in. Okay, then go online or, or if you've got no online community of golf nerds, welcome to my online community of golf nerds. Find me a tweet or an email, you can email gc at impactgolf.net and I will get back to you. Tell me what shaft they fit you in and I'll make you a cheaper recommendation based on what they put you in. Now, am I telling you you'll come away with a tour spec fitting? No. Tell you what though, you buy a 2016 M2 head, which is a good all-rounder for so many people. Okay? You have a shaft that's close to your fit. You get that built well, and I reckon for certainly let's say, let's say you spent 150 quid. Oh it's printing US. So you spent 150 to 175 US. On the head you could spend no more than another 75 on the shaft and a build so you buy the shaft off T-Bay or your local classifieds or, or you know, wherever I like, I'm thinking of like you can get some amazing shafts like the Adela Rogue Grafloi Grafloi Pro Launch range, um, some of the uh, Mitsubishi CK, older range, Diamana, you can get a lot of them for 50 bucks or less. Okay, you need to grip, get it built, okay? Um, get that built for you. Just so you've got some confidence that it's well put together. I think the M2, 2016 M2 is a glued head, um, which is always better than an adjustable head. So get that well made. Go to your local golf pro or golf shop or golf club builder. You know, someone like some of the best golf club builders and not in fancy country clubs. They're in like little shithole little shops um, and they're in like dream holes of vintage golf gear and there's some guy in there just banging out golf clubs um it a place will stink of petrol that's always a good sign um and you know th- those guys they'll they'll do a, a quality build for you um you know if you go to one of the better shops they could um spine a line flow or pure the shaft for not much money because it doesn't cost much money to do you get a quality build You get pure shaft I'm not 100% certain that all golf shafts need that But some certainly do um, And if it's something you can throw in for 5, 10 bucks Especially if you're paying them you know, another 10, 15 bucks To put a head and a grip on it You get a grip you like You've got a quality driver A quality bit of gear That's going to last you 3, 4 years Presuming you don't drop it or whatever You know what I mean um and it genuinely quality bit of gear. Way better than buying whatever the dick in um American Golf or PGA Superstore fits you for. Um Way better. And if he if they can't if you got a feeling that you're getting bullshitted in an American Golf fitting, just go through this. Try fucking everything. Okay? go when it's quiet and um, you know hit a couple of balls on the simulator and get a number just pick anything up like you know pick something uh, a middle of the road stiff shafted driver then say hey i'd like to try something with a heavier shaft but also in stiff see if it goes further or shorter if it goes straighter or more wide Say, hey, do you know what, for fun, could I try one in X? Try one that's stiffer again, see what happens to your numbers. It might drop off two yards, it might drop off 20 yards. But if it only drops off one yard, but you're hitting it a ton safer, uh, straighter, go, hey, do you want anything a little lighter than this or a little heavier? Tweak that. That's I'm talking you through the fitting process. Now, I'm not talking you through the physics behind that. And once you've got yourself something good, why don't you go go left field? Okay? Say, oh, I really like this, but can we try something for fun? I'm having a great time. Are you having a great time? Say, have you got anything in seniors? Have you got a seniors flex? Um, or a ladies flex? Have you got a ladies club that's not pink? Um, so can I just hit a few shots with it? See how Now, if you notice that softer shaft going to the extreme is going straighter and further than the one you've just fitted in my imagination from the x So hang on look that's going better let me try what, what have you got that's like this light but not so girly have you got a seniors flex if you've got a regular flex but really at light work it out and then once you've got that do a decent thing. If I was you, buy something. Buy a hat. Buy a pack of golf balls. Buy a shirt. Okay, and walk out. Then, once you know what what's working well for you, buy that. Get it well made. Build is so important. It's why Orca golf are amazing. Custom fits only half the job. Custom build, custom fitting for the average golfer is easy. If you're you know, a tour pro with a gammy swing. And let's be honest, we all can see a lot of tour pros have slightly gammy swings. That fitting process is way more difficult. Yeah? Because they're looking for a lot of different things and they're looking for a lot of variables to try and squeeze that extra 0.01% out. But if you're playing off 18, mate, you're not. A good fit will help you. Okay. But it's not as much as marketing might tell you think. A good build will help you. And it's so much cheaper than you think. You know, if you took uh, a head and a shaft to a local pro shop and say, could you put that together for me? And could you throw a grip on it? Even if you say, oh, can you take two inches off the shaft if you got a raw one? You know, they're going to charge you like all in like 25 bucks, especially if you bring your own grip. Um, and even if you don't bring your own grip, if you go to most pro shops, you're like, I just I've got this head and the shaft, but I don't know what grip to put on it. If you've got any, you could loan me. Not loan me, but let me try. Most guys are gonna let you do that, and if they don't, go to someone else. Building a relationship with a club builder is, is fantastic. Uh it's something I really recommend you do. Now, irons probably are a little more difficult. I think, to fit because ultimately they're more adjustable. You've got lie to think about. But you can do some stuff. And I, I think I'll cover that in my next podcast of how to fit yourself for lie and how to fit yourself into irons. Because, um, again, if you can do the fit yourself and you can get someone good to do the build... You're going to be way better than buying off a website. Really, you are. Like going to Strixon.com and using their stuff. Um, one day I'll get together with Alex from Orkham. We're going to do old school golf fitting, um, and like we're going to do driving range with a bag of golf balls, and show you how golf clubs were fit before launch monitors and how you that means you can do it for yourself. Because here's the thing, right? If you buy the right gear, and by that, I simply mean forged irons, okay? If your fit changes, there's a lot you can do for very little money. You can have them cut. Like my guy charges, I mean, he charges me less, but he charges anyone, um, yeah, he charges anyone um, $5 a head you Like his general fee for doing something is $5 a club Like he'll put If you take him a grip He'll put it on for 5 bucks. Now I don't like putting putter grips on my putter Because I always second guess that they're not straight I know how to do it But I just like someone else to do it I happily sling Ricardo 5 bucks to do it Um I've got another guy who does it who generally wants me to turn up at his um, golf shop with Starbucks. Um, Because we're friends, right? And it takes him a minute and a half to put a grip on a club. Um, He does ask me to do all the legwork. Well, he doesn't ask me to, but he's going to rip the shit out of me if I don't turn up with a club that's ready to be gripped. And all he means by that is take the old grip off, if you can get it off without a workshop, and um, clean the crap off the shaft. Um, but if I turn up with a clean golf club, Starbucks and a new grip, he's very happy to put the grip on for me and make sure it's straight. And um, there's a couple of guys in my past, I put grips on their clubs for them. They're fully capable of doing it. They're just like, I hate doing it myself. Other people, and the guy who does my putters is one of them, um, Mike, he only wants to do his own. He's like, you don't touch that because you might not put it on straight because, guy, you don't trust... You know what I mean? Anyway, what I'm saying is people are different. And that was golf net. No, <laughs> wait, almost. I'm pretty much done. do love these random golf rambles. I hope you put up with them. Uh, 600 people listened to the last one, so that's doing all right, isn't it? Um, yeah. I am off to the range tomorrow. Um... And I'm off to see my friends at Puma this week because um, we want to talk about Land Rovers. (laughs) It's absolutely the truth, but I'm going to meet in the Puma headquarters. And um, what else am I doing golf-wise this week? I was a little under the weather today, so I didn't quite nail some other stuff I had to do. So that means I might not get out on the course, but... um, If I'm on top of stuff, I should definitely get and two trips to the range then, if I don't get to the course. Um, And then the week after, um, I should have more um, golf time. Which is fantastic. I'm definitely gonna get and spend at least one day at the golf course next week. So on that bombshell, I'm um, gonna call it day just over half an hour thank you very much for listening remember to follow me on insta or twitter at golf nerds guy Um, i'll see you next time ciao